This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. podcast here is your host coach and today in the studio i have tyler t kane cloud and joining us from the wednesday show you know that show that not everybody really cares about or listens to i have thomas pringle he thinks he's funny or something like that um but you know it's it's a pringle this is a sports more sports podcast than what you're used to so i i hope you can make the adjustment you know being with us today i hope that doesn't bother you too much but uh, you know, want to welcome you on to the main show, the Friday headlines, where we talk about all sports here. We don't just specialize in a couple; we talk about them all. We talk about the big headlines, bringing you our takes on all things sports once a week, every Friday. So, uh, Pringle, how you feeling? I think my show's better. I think my show's just objectively better. Um, but I'm glad to be here. Glad to glad that y'all let me on. We usually have Alex on in this spot, but uh, Alex has been a little under the weather today. I uh, couldn't really get a hold of him. Uh, so he's probably just taking a sick nap, which is, you know, no biggie. I wish I could take a sick nap. Or you can talk to our, you know, fake sponsor, Depression Naps. Depression uh, Naps. Depression Naps. Uh, depression that's, that's, uh, that's the Wednesday show fake sponsor. That's not y'all's fake sponsor. Doesn't so, matter. Uh, it's yeah. all part of the 1201 brand, man. 1201 Sports Network. Well, no, it's just for the Wednesday show, though, and I signed the contract, so I mean, I, I still think it's right to uh, appropriate okay. my sponsor. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I want to, I want to see this contract. I want to see this contract. I don't know if it's actually factual or not. Okay, fine. I'll email it to you, Tyler. <laughs> All right. All right. Send it to me. <clears throat> All right, All right. Uh, Pringle. You said that uh, I'm anxious to hear this, but uh, Pringle, you said you had a dream that you wanted to talk to us about. I did. And this is the first time I'm telling you about it. Um, you know, there's nothing, no recording mishap happened. This nope. is the first time we're ever talking. None at all. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, I had a dream that a new NCAA football game came out. Uh, and it was really awesome, but it came out as a <laughs> PS2 exclusive. It only came out for the PS2. It's like a brand new game, but coming out for the PS2, an old system? Brand new game. old. It looked just like a PS2 game. It had all these really bright features. But it came out on the PS2. So you know, I wouldn't mind that a, a retro kind of a retro uh, aspect of the game. I think that'd be really cool. It kind of, you know, it tie the gaps in. I think a little bit of you know, we've had such a big gap between the the games. I think that actually be a, be a really cool move. You know, to kind of bridge the gap a little bit. I think it's a great opinion. This is the first time I'm ever hearing of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's totally 100% original. Never been spoken. I mean, this is all groundbreaking takes so i mean yeah that's all we're, that's what we're all about at 12 one sports is groundbreaking hot and cold to, you know that's what we're known for mostly cold <laughs> mostly cold i don't think i ever had a ps2 i think the first oh man missing out the first oh, system, dude the first system that i had well it's a handheld but i had the game boy advanced uh that was my first like you know video game and then christmas one year we got a game boy not a Game Boy, uh, uh, a GameCube. The GameCube was amazing. I was so cool when I had the GameCube. People were like, oh my god, dude, Jacob, you're so cool. And I was like, I know, right? And I, I had, I had it. Yeah, people wanted to be me. People still want to be me. My cousins had Xboxes, and I was the only one that had a PS2. 
and they would come over and we would play. They'd be like, oh, PS2 sucks. I'd be like, shut up. Shut up. The PS2's awesome. It's, all, it's cool. I, I can play Sly Cooper. See, I've got the PlayStation 2, the Xbox One, and the PS4. PS2, I mean, that's to me, that's OG. That's, you know, that's, that's the system that, you know, kind of helped launch all of our modern technology as far as our gaming console. So it is a, an awesome console, you know, one that I'm, I still play all my PlayStation 2 games on it all the time, and I love it, you know, because there's just so many memories, so many childhood memories with that. So, yeah, I, I love the PlayStation 2 console. I mean, it is an awesome console. Eh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I think, I think think that may be a uh, you know, conversation for the Wednesday show, but the GameCube has to rank up. You know, it's got to rank high up there in those older systems. Oh, yeah. I mean, the GameCube is definitely a, a, a cornerstone of the, of the gaming franchise. Speaking of cornerstones, let's kind of get into our first topic. Uh, a lot of the times we'll see players, uh, you know, go to a really prestigious college. Uh, we're getting into a little NBA talk here. We'll see them get into really prestigious colleges, and they'll take advantage of what is called the one-and-done rule, um, which means they can go to one year of college and then leave and then go to the NBA draft if they so decide to do that. Uh, however, what we've seen, you know, really with the emergence of Luka Doncic, a lot of players skipping, you know, that freshman year of college level and going overseas to play in the pros. But then another thing that kind of interests me as well is James Wiseman, the five-star center that went to Memphis of all places. I still think there's some money involved in there somewhere, but, um, you know, James Wiseman, who was then kicked out of the university or he decided to leave, something like that. And, like, I see him making TikToks all the time and training on his own with a personal trainer, and he's getting ready for the draft. To be honest, I, I don't really know how to feel about that because he's not playing professionally, and he's just kind of taking a year off. You know, I think – so, you know, I guess the question I'm trying to get at is the one-and-done rule. How do you all feel about that? I hate it. You know, as a, I think I consider myself a NCAA basketball purist. I love seeing – I don't think you have to go the whole four years. I mean, I think it should be kind of like either baseball or, or football, where if you're going to go, you go for at least two to three years. I think you see so many players leave NCAA basketball so early, and they get drafted, and they're just a bust because they haven't had any development. You know, they haven't learned how to how to really play the game. And that's why I love seeing, seeing players like, like Trey Jones at Duke. I mean, granted, I'm a little biased on that, but you know, somebody you are who, a, you are a big time Duke fan, quote unquote. Yeah, I am. You're I am. a Duke fan, like Logan's an Alabama fan. No, I've, I've been a Duke fan my whole life. So okay, yeah, sure. I have, but you know, somebody who could have been drafted last year and been drafted, you know, with, with a pretty decent pick, but he came back, and you know, he's working on his defense, his offense, progressing. You know, Grant, there's there's you know. There's players like Zion and R.J. Barrett, who coming back a second year was not going to help him at all. Even though but, Zion you know, had the, said here recently that he would want he wanted to go back, oh yeah, but even he Coach wanted, K was he like, to come yeah, back. but no. Yeah, he he Coach K made him go. I mean, but you know that's you don't get the development that you need in the NBA, or you used to, you didn't. Now with the emergence of the G League coming out, you know how they're really how the league is really putting an emphasis on it, I think that's going to, you know, kind of help with the problem that we already have as far as players 
leaving college too early where they're not developed, they don't know the game, they don't know the basic fundamentals of how to really play. So I think that will solve a lot of the problems. But, you know, that to me that's the biggest issue with, with the one and done is you have all these players that they don't truly know how to play the game. All they know is give me the ball, let me play ISO. They don't know how to play play off the ball with other other players. So to me that's the biggest problem with the one and done rule. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I, you know, the one and done rule. If, if a player wants to go straight out of high school, you know, that's you know fine, whatever. You know, we saw LeBron did it. Obviously, it worked out for him. If you want to go overseas and play professionally, man, go overseas, play professionally. Luka Doncic is balling out right now. He's been playing professional basketball since he was 15 years old. And you know, if if, if you're one of those guys that want to do that, man, go ahead. You know, the one and done rule it ruins it because like all players, like you said. They get to that first year of college, and all they're doing is chasing a check anyway. They don't, oh, care. Yeah. they don't care about that school. Those kids are going to school in college. They're getting a full-ride scholarship, and they're going to school for three months, maybe. It's bull crap. It's absolute bull crap. So get get rid of the one-and-done rule. It does nothing for them. Let them go over and play C's, whatever. Um, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. Well, and also, I think, I think with the league – putting a, a, a higher emphasis on developing the G League. Yes. I think you will you will see more players out of high school go to the G League. And I think that that'll that will alleviate some of the problem. I mean, but I love I mean, y'all know how I am. I love college sports. I'm more of a college sports guy than I am a pro sports guy. You're not like Jonah where Jonah loves all the pro I'm, sports. Oh yeah. I'm the complete opposite of Jonah. But I mean I, I love NCAA basketball. You know, it's to me that's the the quote unquote purest form of watching amateur basketball quote-unquote amateur basketball right because they all they all get play, they all get paid i mean who are we kidding so to to see anything kind of take away from that you know to me that that would hurt my feelings a little bit but also i know that the the in-game product for all these guys is to make these millions of dollars in the league and if you know they're going straight to the g league they have a chance to get the development you know get to see the philosophies that they really need to see Right, them playing them playing in the year in the G League against other guys who may not have been called up to play on an NBA roster yet. Those guys playing in the G League is going to help them develop so much more than you know a guy that's going to Duke going to play William and Mary or Scranton Barton Christian School of the Blind. Like there's just so much more for them to get you know to play against you know other NBA guys or guys in the G League, other people that are getting you know a better development than you know playing these really low and because college basketball to me isn't any, isn't even exciting until we get to March. I love college basketball. I love doing scouting for college basketball, but man, to me, it just doesn't pick up until March. Well, and also, like I said, if you're going to go to college, you really need to go two, three years, you know, to really get what you need out of it to, to really, you know, hit the weight programs to get the development that you need. Like I said, you know, to, to really basically major, basketball you know to learn different schemes learn different you know offenses different defenses how to play off the ball how to iso you know all the different aspects of the game so i mean yeah i mean you like i said if you're going to go you need to go for multiple years you shouldn't be going for just one year unless you're just an absolute freak like zion and rj barrett i mean that's to me they are the they are the exception not the norm uh let's move on to you know the other side of that professional basketball the biggest story to me is anthony davis anthony davis if you're listening which you probably are because obviously we're the biggest podcast out there you're a turd man 
all that drama we had to hear about you in New Orleans and all that, the, you know, the, the past couple of weeks of this, or, you know, I guess the end of the season last year, that got on my nerves so much, man. You didn't want to be there. Just flat out say it, that you don't want to play. But, you know, you're under contract. You're under contract. And then you get to the team that you wanted to be at. You get to the Lakers. And I just don't understand guys that get to the team that they want to be in, they're offered that max deal, and then they say, mm, you know what, I'm going to pursue free agency. It just doesn't make sense to me. You know, what do you, what do you think, you're going to get more money? Your agent's going to do the same exact thing. Of, I mean, they can't offer you more money in free agency. You wanted to be you wanted to be with the Lakers, and you got offered the max deal that the Lakers can offer. Fun. If I'm not mistaken, which I probably am, which happens a lot, but the Lakers are the team that can offer him the most money based off the the payout structure, right? I'm pretty I mean, sure. they're because they can offer him like what twenty five, fifty million more, right? Just because he, he's already on the team, right? So yeah, I mean you're you're guaranteed to lose money if you go somewhere else. So I mean I don't, I really don't, unless he is sitting here wanting to take a pay cut for whatever reason. I don't, I don't see the end game moving this. I mean it doesn't make sense because you're on the team that you pissed a fit for. I mean, you and I are both we're both Celtics fans. I mean, we have been since we were born. You know, as even you know the dark days that we've been going through. They're on a, even a though I've kind of shifted more into the Luka Magic, I I, I love Luka Doncic. I, I've called it. I'm just going to throw that out there. I called it that he'd be. You know, he should have been the number one pick in that year's draft class, and he's proven it every single day. He's getting better every single day. Love, love, love Luka Doncic. Dude's a baller. But uh, I'll get off my tangent about that. Well, and one thing that I that I will be interested to see, you know, is because the the Pelicans have kind of grown on me. It's kind of a Western team that I kind of focusing on simply because you know it's Duke South with JJ Redick, you know, Frankie got Zion. So I mean, you've got a lot of Duke blood in that in that franchise. So I've you know been kind of paying attention to them a little bit. Man, if they get healthy, you know, get Zion back, you know, they're starting to click. With Drew out, you know, that's giving Alonzo the reins. They're going to be a dangerous team. Yep. You know, they're going to be a they're going to be a dangerous eight seed if they can make it. Absolutely. So, I mean, they're a team to watch out for. I yeah, mean, they. Yeah, I mean, they're, 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 definitely, they're, they're definitely starting to gel. They're definitely starting to gel. Oh. I mean, the Pelicans, they had a tough break early on. But when you, I mean, they got lucky. They won, you know, when they won Zion, when they won the Zion draft, I think like this whole new sense of, you know, comfort came upon them that they were thinking oh my god zion's gonna save us man one guy can't save you i'm sorry i don't care who you are but you know with them getting zion back and you know the hype that's coming around that and the way that those younger guys are starting to gel right now i think you know i think it's going to spell disaster uh you know for some teams and i think they can definitely make that eight spot i definitely think they can make oh yeah oh yeah it's definitely attainable i mean and that's the thing you know up front the trade with the lakers it's like, yeah, Lakers obviously want it today. They want it this year. They probably want it next year. But after that, I think you start seeing the a shift of, you know, all right, the Pelicans won this this trade long term with all the the wealth of young talent that they got and getting Zion out of that out of that deal. I mean, I think in a couple of years you'll see it, that trade and you'll think, man, the the Pelicans really they really got the Lakers on that trade. So I think. I think you'll really see dividends being paid here, you know, next couple years on that. Pringle, what's your take on basketball? Uh, basketball is my favorite sport. I like the way they dribble up and down the court. 
Jimmer Range, baby. Jimmer Range. Here, yeah, here's your. Go ahead and tell us why Jimmer Fredette is the best basketball player of all time. Uh, Jimmer Fredette is the best basketball. Uh, if someone could stop breathing directly yeah, into the mic, I would uh, love. Be, I would love to tell you. That'd about be Jimmer. great. Whoever. Thanks, <laughs> Tyler. <laughs> um, Jim Fredette is the best basketball player of all time because there is this little thing called Jimmer Range where Jimmer can hit anything. Uh, really gets screwed over in the 2K ratings. He should have the legendary Limitless Range badge. badge. He never does. Um, I don't know. It's just I just always think it's really impressive. I, I really like the cojones of a guy that, you know, from way downtown just has the balls to put a three in there and then nail it right in your face. I mean, how do you not respect <laughs> How do you not respect that? How do you not I mean, love that? I mean, Steph Curry was kind of the same way, though. Jimmer is better, better shooter than Steph. Yep, you absolutely. This is now a Jimmer podcast. Jimmer greater than Steph. If we can get Jimmer on the podcast, that'd be great. I might write him. I might write him a letter or try and get in touch with him somehow. Well, he did go to BYU, so I mean, the Mormons, the Mormon culture. They, uh, I know they. The, no, I'm thinking of Amish people, but whatever. You know, it's all <laughs> the same. It's all the same. I don't think that's the same. Nope, definitely the no, same. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to get Jimmer on the show, but I'm only gonna give him on the Wednesday I show. I feel like Jimmer um, Fredette is. A, well, he, I feel like Jimmer Fredette is a guy that would enjoy a messenger pigeon. I don't know. Jimmer Fredette has been balling about, out in China. Something about that tells me that he would love a messenger pigeon. But would you, would you like my opinion on the one and dones? I would love it. Sure. So my thing is is that I think you should stay in college, refine your game up as much as you can. Now I understand that financially that's just not an option and you need to go you know, chase that money you'll be getting in the NBA. I think, as a general rule of thumb, it should be that if you're a guard or a forward, you should stay at least two years until at least you're, until at least you're a moderately competent shooter. If you're a big man, you can, stay one, you can stay one year and just go. My feeling is, is that the NBA game for a big translates pretty well regardless of uh, you know, their actual – you know, shooting ability. Uh, but if you're a guard or a forward that can't shoot, there's too much, too many of you guys in the NBA already. There's already a um, oversaturation of guards, uh, especially those who can't shoot. So, you know, if you're one of those guys, stay in college, you know, refine your game as much as you can. If you, you know, if that's, if that's going to be playing overseas, you can do that too. I mean, you're still be, you'll make, be making a little bit of money doing that. I mean, there are some players I know in the NBA now, like, um, He's the forward for the Bulls, uh, Laurie Markkanen. He's a he's Laurie from Finland. Laurie Markkanen. Thank you, Jacob. He's from Finland, and I'm pretty sure he played professionally in Finland when he was before he went to Arizona and left after his first year there. So, yeah, that's a special case because he's already, you know, played basketball at a professional level. You know, even though it is overseas and not here in America, it's still basketball at a professional level. So that's my take on it. I think that's a pretty good take. I mean, I can I can definitely you know argue the points for that. I mean, that's a very good, you know, a very good theory, very good idea. Only problem is, is you'd have a, you'd have a quote unquote discrimination against your guards, your small guys. But I mean, other than that, I mean, that, I think that's a very logical approach to it. I'm a very logical guy. What can I say? I mean, you'd think the Wednesday show is better than this show. So I don't know if that's logical. I'm just uh, citing facts, but, uh, (laughs) All right, I think that's the more irrational approach to things. Let's uh, let's move on from the court, uh, head on to the gridiron. Uh, in the NFL, we've had some big coaching shakeups since Black Monday. Um, <clears throat> what I'm going to do is I'm going to read off these coaching changes, guys, 
And I want you to give me a one-word answer on how you feel about this coaching change. Sound good? Sure. Sounds great. Okay. First one, Mike McCarthy to the Cowboys. Tyler, Retread. Safe. Okay. Pringle? Retread. All right. Uh, let's see. Ron Revere to the Redskins. Tyler? I like it. And I'm going to make that one word. I like it. I don't think that's a – I don't think Tyler, good. I'm, I, how about this? How about this? Solid. Okay, that works. That's 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 one word. I know you went to Caster, and they don't teach yeah. you know, words. And in, in well, what are language. what are numbers? Right. Uh, let's see. Pringle, Ron Rivera to the Redskins. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna say culture on that one. Say culture. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Matt Rule to the Panthers. Tyler. Questionable. Okay. Pringle? Ooh. Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to say home run. I'm going to go the complete opposite. I think strikeout. Uh, Joe Judge to the Giants. Tyler? Risky. Risky, but I'm going to put a, an asterisk by that with upside. Okay. Huge, huge upside. Pringle. Eh. Eh? Okay. Eh. Uh, mine is dumb, in all caps, underlined, bolded, size million font, dumb. Let's start off with this Mike McCarthy to the Cowboys. I'll start because this is obviously my team. Uh, Mike McCarthy to the Cowboys. Mike McCarthy, great, you know, spent 11 seasons with the Packers. Out of those, out of those 11 seasons, went to the playoffs nine times. And out of those nine, out of those nine times he went to the playoffs, he won one Super Bowl. How in the hell do you go to the playoffs nine times and win one Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback? That does not make sense. I'm not a math guy, but that doesn't add up. That is, you know, he wasted. Aaron Rodgers still put up numbers, but he wasted Aaron Rodgers. He could have had his career skyrocket to Bill Belichick levels. And he didn't. He wasted Aaron Rodgers. And now that guy's coming in with a young quarterback in a contract year, Dak Prescott, and plenty of weapons to go around. And I don't really know how to feel about it. I like Mike McCarthy. I think that it could, you know, I, I think that it could be great. I think it could be a great turnout. But the fact that you go to the playoffs nine times in 11 years and only get one Super Bowl with arguably the greatest quarterback to step on the field in our generation. I just don't get it. I don't get it. I'm going to, I'm going to take a, an alternate alternate approach to this. I know everybody's saying that Aaron Rodgers has all this success despite having Mike McCarthy as his coach. But what if, Mike McCarthy has gotten to the playoffs nine years and won one Super Bowl despite having Aaron Rodgers. He hasn't. We all know that he hasn't. Every but, year but it's just, been with him. Just hear, just hear me out. Hear me out. We all know that Aaron Rodgers is headstrong and a and he's hard to coach. How much of that is you know affects locker room, affects culture? You know that he's not able to really coach the way that he wants to because he has a quarterback that's at the line changing plays. He can't institute a sequence of plays that he wants to set up the plays. And I'm look, I don't I don't know what the what the whole deal is with it. 
but what if maybe he's had all this success despite having Aaron Aaron Rodgers talent wise, the greatest quarterback we've ever seen talent wise. Briggle. I think it's a really safe hire by the Cowboys. Like I said, I think it's a retread. Um, now Mike McCarthy was good, uh, was a or a decent coach uh, his first couple years at Green Bay. A lot of the reports I've seen is that towards the end of his tenure there, uh, tenure there, um, he just stopped caring and just was really was really apathetic to everything going on. So maybe this is what he needs uh, to be that old they old Mike McCarthy. Um, maybe it's these new change of scenery, new team. Uh, so, but I think this is a really safe hire. I think that this is the Cowboys. You know, they. Uh, I'm I'm honestly surprised. I, I know there's a lot of rumors going on that they were trying to go hard hard after Lincoln Riley. I'm so, so glad that didn't happen either. Well, I mean, think about it, Jacob. I mean, Lincoln Lincoln Riley will be will be outside out of the box higher. I mean, that might just be what the Cowboys need. I mean, we've seen it work pretty well with this Cardinals team with, you know, first year Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, the offense was, you know, was decent, much better than it had been. And I think they only have, I don't think they have nowhere to go but up. I mean, are the Cowboys as desperate as the Cardinals were? No, I don't think so. But still, I mean, you know, those really outside the box hires like that can really, you know, turn a team around or could be just what that team needs. Needs somebody that approaches the game differently and looks at it from a different perspective than Mike McCarthy, who's a little more, you know, I guess you can say part of the old guard. Yeah, but how a, much a, a of it? How like much of it though is an outside hire can definitely excite a team. I just, I just don't. I don't know, man. When you have when you have an organization like the Cowboys, like being the coach of the Cowboys, like being the head coach of the Yankees. You know, you're at that top tier program, or being the new head coach at Alabama. Like whoever replaces Nick Saban, better be a a like a the top of the line hot topic coach because they're not going to hire some Joe Blow to replace Nick Saban. I'm well, historically, to be the head coach of the Cowboys, you needed to be able to handle like big personalities in the locker room. So, you know, with, with how McCarthy and Rogers ended up, I, I don't, you know, I don't know if we can safely say that he's going to be able to handle that. But how that's much fair. of it, how much of it though, is Jerry wanted a guy that he could control somebody that's not going to come in and. Oh, that's another big problem. Things. Jerry Jones needs to get his old ass off the, you know, he, he Jerry, Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones I'm surprised he didn't name himself the head coach. To be he needs to stick to being an owner. He needs to give up his GM position and he needs to just take a step back. He's the biggest, biggest obstacle in the Cowboys' way. So speaking of college coaches going to the NFL, let's talk about Matt Rule for a second. Matt Rule to the Panthers. Uh, obviously, you know he was very successful at uh, Baylor. He spent a little bit of time at Temple. Uh, he turned that Temple program around. He did. He, he then, won at Temple. You know he was also he an had offensive 11, he line. Had 10, he had. He had double-digit wins at Temple, which is hard to do. He, I mean, and he also he spent a little bit of time in the NFL, so this isn't his first time in the NFL. Uh, he spent one year as the offensive line assistant with the New York Giants, and then got that job at Temple, and then went to Baylor, and then is now the head coach of the Panthers. You know what I'm most excited about with Matt Rule uh, going to the Panthers is wearing that smock that he wears. I think that's going to be cool seeing all the NFL coaches wearing that lacrosse smock. That's going to be awesome. And so if we can get, like, you know, smocks for the podcast with our logo on them, we should definitely do that. But, you know, I just don't really agree with college coaches going, you know, to the league like that, uh, especially only spending, what, what, one big year at Baylor? 
uh, you know, he, he has turned it around at Baylor. He's, he, you know, he has turned two programs around with Temple and Baylor. But I just, I don't know, man. Um, but, but I think I think the the turnaround with Baylor, I think you can kind of put an asterisk by it because they kind of fell into a perfect situation, perfect scenario with the Big 12. I mean, you got to beat who? Kansas State, Oklahoma State, and you have a good season. I mean, you just – They did take, compete take, with do. Oklahoma twice. And Oklahoma's and the cream s- of the crop program in the Big 12. And we saw what happened to Oklahoma when they went against a quality – yeah, but you know, with their team. with the, with their league, if you're the cream of the crop of your league, obviously, you know, comparing you know the SEC to the Big Twelve is like comparing an orange to an apple. You know, you have the you have but, but the Big how, Twelve, but how, the top tier program in the Big Twelve. If if that's what you have to go against in your conference championship, then you obviously have to beat the top tier program in your conference championship. And if they can do that twice, then obviously that shows a little bit of you know progress with your team. Yeah, but what did what did the Big Twelve do in bowl season? A whole one and five, two and seven. I'm two and seven. Oh, well, wow. <laughs> well, if you're gonna if you're gonna say a bad stat, you might as well say it right. But um, you know, I, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't think it's a a terrible hire. I think it if it works out, they look like geniuses. I think Matt Rule goes they, into a bad situation because he's got to come in with the first decision: Do I draft a quarterback with the seventh pick? Or do I keep Cam Newton? Oh, you trade Cam Newton. 100% trade Cam Newton. Pringle, what do you think about Matt Rule? I think this is a home run hire, and I really think you're all under, like, really underselling this job he did at Baylor. So, you know, he had, he really turned the Temple program around. I mean, he made, he's made Temple, you know, a consistent, a consistent threat in the American, which is not easy to do. Temple is not a football school. It's never, it never really has been a football school. But now you can argue that their program is getting to the point of, you know, national recognition or where they can, you can expect the Temple team to be, you know, decent every year, which is not an easy job to do. He comes into Baylor, uh, a Baylor team, uh, I think you all know this word, that had the lack of institutional control put on their program, which is something that can be said about your program. I mean, as, you know, get, losing, losing, having tons of scholarship players transfer out uh, after what went on in, uh, under Art Bryles when he was the coach of Baylor. Goes 111 his first year. Second year turns around to seven and six, and this year's eleven and three. I mean, that's that that's that's impeccable that he was able to do that in a three-year span. A team, uh, a program that looked to be on the verge of you know falling apart, falling apart, having the bottom fall out from underneath them, and then bring them back to the point of where they were before they had these NCAA sanctions. So this is you know that's I think you are really underselling what he did at Baylor uh, last year. He interviewed with the Colts uh, for the head coach head coaching position. I think I think he interviewed with a lot of teams last year. But you know, I think he's a guy that's proven that he can come into he can come in and turn teams around. He can win over locker rooms and really change the culture of you know really change the culture of a locker room. So I think this is a home run hire, and I think this is the best hire that anyone's made all season. So, and uh, this off season. Speaking of culture, let's move into this other uh, team that I want to talk about: the Ron Revere to the Redskins hire. To me, this is my favorite hire. You know, the Redskins have been a struggling organization for the past couple years, in my opinion. They've made some big moves in the draft, but they just can't get people to stay healthy. I think they're definitely moving in the right direction, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And getting a guy like Ron Revere in there. 
to help with that defensive line because they've drafted defensive line guys for like the past four years. And probably getting probably seconds. getting Chase Young. Exactly. Up yeah, yeah. So yeah. With, imagine you know, imagine that's, that's a big time. With Chase Young. That's gonna be scary. That's a big time culture change right there because they haven't had any culture. They've had losing head coaches for years. They've had an incompetent owner who re, you know refuses to fire you know guys and just stick with mediocrity. It's terrible. So having a guy like Ron Rivera, you know, the riverboat gambler come in, I definitely think that's a big-time hire for them. I definitely like the move, and it, you know, kind of concerns me as a Cowboys fan being the NFC East. And, you know, but I think that's, I think that's a great hire by them. I think it's the best hire they've could have done. That's my favorite hire so far. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a very – you get a coach who's well-respected within the league. I mean, if, if Cam Newton jumps on a fumble, he has a Super Bowl ring. Yep. I mean, plain and simple, plain and simple. So I mean, he's he's a phenomenal he's a phenomenal X's and O's guy. He's a phenomenal in the locker room guy. You know, man to man, from everything that I've read about him. So I mean, he's he's a stand up guy. Probably one of the better men that you can have lead your franchise. Something Jacob said with, or like Pringle said with with Matt Rule. I think it's, I think it kind of falls in that home run that home run area where it's he has he doesn't quite have the the ceiling that most people are going to have but he has a very high floor kind of like mike mccarthy has a very high floor not an extremely high ceiling but he has a higher ceiling than mike mccarthy so i think it's a very very solid hire bring what about you what do you think i think it's a pretty good hire um yeah, Ron Rivera is a guy that's well respected in the league. Uh, you know, he knows how to run a successful, uh, successful franchise. Um, the Panthers have always been, you know, if they're not contending, they're at least you know a tough out every single year. Uh, I think what's really going to hold hold them back this year, uh, not this year, but you know, until Dan, uh, I think it's Dana Snyder. Yeah, it's Dan, Dan, Dan Snyder. Dan, it's Dan Snyder. Okay, Dan Snyder. Until Dan Snyder sells the team. Um, Redskins have a problem right now. The problem is that the fans are apathetic to them and they just don't care. Uh, they're having a lot of trouble filling up the uh, filling seats in the stadium, uh, losing a lot of season ticket holders, you know, lifelong season ticket holders. And it's really just bad ownership. That's really going to, you know, the Redskins are going to live and die by. So really until a different ownership group comes in or, uh, you know, you get a competent GM that comes in, that's not just a puppet of the owner, then Redskins really aren't going to go that far. So I mean, I like the hire. I like because I think Robert is a good coach. But you know, until there's an ownership change uh, in Washington, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Yeah, that's that's Washington's biggest problem is Dan Snyder. I mean, as long as he owns the team, like y'all said, he, that that franchise is going to be held back. I mean, in a in a very winnable division because that the NFC it, it's going to cannibalize it's wide itself because you have it's wide open because you have so many good teams that. They're going to cannibalize each other. So, I mean, it's going to, you're always going to be in contention for that division title. Another team, uh, the last one that we want to talk about, and, you know, speaking of Pringle saying, you know, organizations being run into the ground, I think that's what's about to happen to the New York football giants. I absolutely hate the hire of Joe Judge. And here's why. Looked up Joe Judge because, obviously, I've never heard anything about the guy except the fact that he was the wide receivers coach for the Patriots. So I went back and I see, you know, went to see, you know, okay, where's he been around? Obviously, being around the Patriots, that's a great organization. He's probably seen a lot of great things. However, his coaching experience, he basically went from one year 
or I guess it was, yeah, one and a half years of being the special teams coordinator and a wide receiver position coach. He has been nothing but a position coach his entire career up until he got hired by the Patriots. And then he was a special teams coordinator for a year and a half and then gets a job as a head coach in the NFL. I mean, what, what purpose does that serve? You know, and, you know, the big thing is, you know, these big New York, because with me being a Yankees fan, I get to hear all the Yes Network podcasts and everything. And they kept saying, oh, that'd be cool if they have like a, like a judge, uh, you know, like an all rise thing, like for Aaron Judge, but except Joe Judge. It's so dumb. Like, I absolutely hate the hire. It, it serves no purpose to me. I think Danny Dimes is about to be wasted, which is sad for that organization. Great for me because I'm a Cowboys fan. But I just don't like that hire whatsoever. I think that's a big-time dumb strikeout by the Giants. I think they could have done so much better. So much better. I think it has potential. I mean, he And they hired the wrong Patriots guy, if you ask me. They should have been, you know, they should have been going after uh, McDaniels. But whatever. McDaniels ain't leaving for a quality hip coaching position. But, I mean, here's the thing. The, the, the special teams coordinator – what I like about them going after a special teams coordinator is he's not focused in on offense or defense. He's able to have a wide, you know, overhead view of everything and not focus in on one aspect. So I, I, I think that's going to be his strength, you know, is, is being able to delegate and monitor over, over everything and not just key in on one thing. So I think that's, I think that's the, the direction that he has to go. I mean, the Belichick coaching tree—it's not the not the best. The results are not there. So I mean, we'll see. I mean, you gotta make a splash. You either you run the risk of either doing retread, like the Cowboys have done with Mike McCarthy, or make a splash with somebody nobody's ever heard of. And I mean, it's a big risk, but I mean, if it if it works out, then they're gonna look like the the smartest franchise in the in the in the league. If it doesn't, well, it's the Giants. What were they supposed to do? Bring what about you? I think it's an okay hire. Um, you know, whenever you hire a former Belichick assistant, then you're hoping that he's, you know, it's gonna be Belichick all over again. You're gonna be able to build a dynasty with that. I think along the lines of Tyler said, of him being a special teams coordinator, you know, a lot of being a head coach isn't really about like really, you know, knowing one side of the ball really well. It's more about like just being able to manage people, be able to manage the locker room, be able to, you know keep a lot of big egos in check and keep them focused. And, you know, if you're living, if you're, you know, if you've worked under Bill Belichick, I mean, that's probably one of the first things you learn is how to actually manage your players to get the best out of them and let how to manage your coaches to get the best out of them. So I think if he hire, you know, if he hires good, good assistants um, and hires, uh, you know, has a good, has a good staff around him, I think it'd be fine. And I think if he finds a head coach, uh, you know, I really hope that Daniel Jones is going to be in good hands. Uh, I really like him. I think he's. I think he's really turning a lot of heads or proving a lot of doubters uh, when he first got drafted. I know a lot of people are upset about that, but I think he's end up going to be. I think the Giants made the right pick. <laughs> I think I think it's because the Giants made the right pick. But um, yeah. So that's all I got to say about it. Moving into another big time hire coming out of the SEC West today. Kind of switching gears just a little bit, and. Personally, I love, and I can't wait to hear you talk about it, Pringle, because I know this is your guy. But I think Mississippi State had an absolute home run hire today with Mike Leach being introduced as the new head football coach. I absolutely love it. I, I honestly thought he was going to be the head coach of, uh, of Ole Miss, 
because I was on the train, I was on the lane train to Arkansas. And so I thought that, you know, with Kiffin going to Arkansas, Leach was going to go to Ole Miss. I didn't expect them, I didn't expect Mississippi State to fire uh, Jim or Joe Moorhead, uh, you know, that quick. But, you know, when you get dominated in your bowl game like that and then you lose the Egg Bowl, you know, off of a no, guy. They, they won the that's egg right. Bowl. They did win the Egg Bowl. But, you know, uh, you know, all of that to me is just insane. Uh, <clears throat> you know, but I absolutely love it. I love Mike Leach. I think he's great. I think he's going to be great in the SEC. And just think about all the big-time personalities. I actually had this on my Twitter earlier today. Think about all the big-time personalities that we have in the SEC West now. We got Orgeron. We got um, Leach. We got Sam Pittman, you know, which if you guys haven't watched any of like, him speak at all, he's so energetic. He loves his job. He loves being where he's at, uh, which is one big reason why I love him. Uh, you know, you got Pittman. You have uh, Jimbo. You have uh, Kiffin now. Kiffin. Think about all those big-time personalities on SEC Media Day, and then you get down to Nick and Gus, and you're just like, oh, well, thanks for sucking the fun out, guys. But uh, Pringle, I'd love to hear your take on Mike Leach, the pirate, coming to the SEC. I'm really excited about this hire. I'm, like, beyond excited. I think I need to go out and buy the Mississippi State shirt. Um, my, Mississippi State might be my second team for the foreseeable future, but – um Saw an article today, reading up about it. This is kind of like if Mississippi State had gone out and hired Paul Johnson, you know, the old Georgia Tech coach, yep. and switched over to the triple option. I mean, it's a really out, it's really out there hire. I mean, they didn't go out and get the guy that's just going to be the safe. They didn't go out. They didn't go out and get the safe hire. They didn't go out and get the, you know, the Lane Kiffin or the Sark, which would have been the more conventional safe hire. They went out and got a guy that, you know, it's going to be, you know, it's it's. If it works, if it if a system works, it's going to be great. I mean, it's going to be great. Think about Mike Leach is that you may never you may never get to the points of you know competing for a for a national championship, but you know you're probably going to win. You're probably going to have a lot of eight to nine win seasons, which is you know excellent for a program like Mississippi State, which not too long ago those are really hard to come by. Um, I, I'm re- I really cannot express how excited I am about this. I uh, love Mike Leach. Love his personality. Love what he brings to the game. Love his history of developing quarterbacks and developing talent. Um, I think this is an absolute home run hire for them. Uh, I, I really, really applauding them for going, you know, out really outside the box of this hire and not just getting the guy that's going to be, you know, safe and conventional and getting the guy that's more of a wild card. Absolutely, hundred percent agree. Yeah, I mean, and I saw a tweet today. I mean, I think it summed it up perfectly. He said, "Uh." Mississippi State was reported linked to both Steve Sarkeesian and Todd Grantham before hiring Mike Leach. That's like trying to decide between two different kinds of vanilla ice cream and then buying a grenade launcher. I love it. I mean, and that and that that basically that sums up what they've done. I mean, you've got the a guy. I mean, it's like I told told Jacob on on Twitter this this evening. With all the personalities that you have in the SEC West now, I would love to see a a Real Housewives type show of the SEC West, but you know, like the, the coaches of the SEC West, because I mean, it would, it would be just crazy. It'd be chaos. I think, I mean, with, I mean, I'm just looking, just looking at the egg bowl. Now the lead up of that for 365 days, you have Lane Kiffin versus the pirate. I the mean, egg bowl just became the most, it, it may not be the most competitive, but it definitely became the most entertaining rivalry oh, yeah. in sports over Overnight. Just based off of the press conferences that are going to lead up before that game. And, and and just think, all of this was kicked into motion by a guy hiking his leg in celebration of a touchdown 
Yep. And Max Muncy was peeing. And also all, all, one penalty. Also, speaking of the Egg Bowl and Mike Leach, I just uh, retweeted a video on our Twitter page. Uh, you should definitely go and check it out at 1201 Sports on Twitter. Nice shameless plug there as well. But uh, go check it out on Twitter. It's a guy doing an impersonation of Mike Leach talking oh, dude, about the Egg Bowl. Amazing. And he's like, yeah, I definitely think that eggs are an important part of life. There's a lot of animals out there that lay eggs. You know, a lot of dangerous animals, snakes, uh, lizards, frogs. You know, there's lots of animals, chickens. Uh, and he just goes on and on. And it's this perfect, perfect, perfect impersonation of Mike Leach. So definitely go check it out. Again, that's our Twitter page, at 1201sports. Um, but let's move into our last topic, speaking of Twitter. Some Twitter beef went down on uh, you know this week with a former NFL player, even though I don't think he'll ever be back in the league ever again. But a former NFL player and a YouTuber. Logan Paul and Antonio Brown went at it on Twitter this week, and it was absolutely hilarious. I think Logan Logan Paul, Logan, Logan Paul had the clapback of the century with the "boy, I will drop you faster than the Patriots." That might be the the clapback of the century. That's got to be like top ten tweets of the year already, and we're in January. Like that, that's got to be the, one of the top ten tweets of 2020, uh, even up until December. Like that's amazing. And then they want to get it like. So my question to y'all is, who would actually win in a fight? Who do you think, Antonio oh, it's, Brown it's, or Logan it's, Paul? It's Antonio Brown. I don't know. You haven't seen those those YouTube fights because the YouTube fights that they have every year, Logan Paul fights, man. Him and Jake Paul both get after it. I don't think they've won. I think they've there was one uh, time last year, two years ago, where they got in a really close decision. Uh, I think it was a split decision between him and KSI. But man, Logan Paul can throw some hands, man. But uh, I don't. I don't know. I think. I think AB. I think. I think he a dog. I mean. He he's got enough of he's got he's, enough he's, bite. He's, little, he's got enough he's got enough fight a little roughness to him. I think I think he could throw some hands and I think uh I think Jake Paul don't I don't think he wants any of it. Okay, well okay, well give him a year to train. Give him give him both a year to train with a professional boxer. Who wins in a boxing match? I'll still take AB. Yeah, you're still gonna take. AB. I don't know, man. I, I, I he, he, dude's a dude is a freak. I mean, he just he is physically gifted. Well, as we saw from those I mean, text messages from Antonio Brown, he's kind of a freak too. Yeah, but uh, he's also he's also me- mentally mentally challenged, as well. mentally unstable, he's mentally unstable. And I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think I think he's he's demented enough that he could, and crazy enough that he could take Jake Paul all day every day. Fair enough. Well, I anyway, think has, I think he has some kind of undiagnosed personality disorder. That's he's got theory. to, man. He's got he has to. to. Has to. He's, he's had one or two too many concussions. Anyway, guys, I think that's about all the time we have for today. Uh, you know, as we talked about Twitter, you know, why you go check that video out? You should definitely go give us a follow on Twitter at 1201sports. And we also have an Instagram page now as well, also at 1201sports. Uh, you guys can find us there. Grayson does a great job uh, keeping up with those pages. And, uh, you know, Pringle, I'm glad that you could fill in. You know, I uh, hope Alex starts feeling better soon. Um, you know, we, we definitely miss him back on the Friday show, you know, the best show out of the week, not that cruddy Wednesday show. Yeah. That... Watch, watch y'all go on Twitter too, uh, at Jacob Angevine and just flood him with mentions saying that the Wednesday show is the best show. You love that one the most. Why would and, you want uh, them to lie to me like that? Let, let the people speak, let the people speak their minds. You see, you see, Jacob and I, we're the, we're the foundation, we're the staple of this podcast. I mean, 
we're what started it. I mean, people flocked to us. They came That's to it. us first. I mean, That's it. People follow I mean, y'all, us. Y'all are we're, we're, walking in our footsteps. I mean, we started this whole thing. Right. We just I took mean, something and made it better. I, I see what you're saying. <laughs> Uh, we made we made it easier for y'all is what I'm saying. That's it. We paved the way. We're we're we made, uh, we made we're it pioneers. easier on making it better. We're, we're we're trailblazers for y'all. So anyway, guys, that's all the time we have for tonight. Tyler Pringle, definitely a great show tonight. Hope you guys all listening. Hope you all enjoy your uh, weekends. We'll see you back on Monday with oh, Jake. Hey, hey, Jacob, Jacob, Jacob. Okay, what you just gonna yeah. interrupt me every time? Yeah, somebody's birthday tomorrow. Whose birthday? Come on, Jacob. You know you know whose birthday it is. Is it somebody I care about? I, I hope so. <laughs> I hope, well, I hope it is. well, maybe, maybe because I'll be at a powerlifting meet pretty much all day tomorrow. I already told my kids tomorrow to bring headphones and don't even talk to me during first hour because I'm not going to talk to them. Um, I know I'm awful. You know, maybe, maybe I'll send that person whoever it is a text. I don't know. Maybe. I think that person would really appreciate it if he got that text. I mean, he or she. I don't know who it is. He or but, she. Uh, maybe because if they don't, they may have to call our fake sponsor from the Windows Show Depression apps. <laughs> yeah, they've been calling. On, they've been calling on a little too much. <laughs> oh my gosh! Anyway, hope you guys all enjoyed the show this week. Catch us back Monday with the Draftcast. Uh, Pringle and Jake back in the studio uh, with me as well. We're going to talk a little bit about championship game, uh, the national championship with LSU and Clemson. Talk about the big prospects. Our takes on the game as well. Going to be a great weekend. Going to be a great Monday of sports with the national championship. Like I said, follow us on Twitter at 1201sports. Follow us on Instagram at 1201sports. Hope you guys have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday. And always remember at 1201sports, even when we're wrong, we're always right. Peace. Peace.